Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Sorry about the wind in the microphone, but no choices, Joyce's. It's a little bit wind in the face as I walk along the beach. Uh, today we're talking about the art of dissatisfaction. There seems to be a global trend that to be able to hold on to being dissatisfied. In other words, it's an art. And it's quite popular. How do I be dissatisfied? Well, the answer is really simple. I think of all the things that I've got going for me, all the things that are going really well, all the things that are really beautiful, and I try to forget them as quickly as possible. And then I look again to see what isn't going right. And if everything is going right, I look even further to see what isn't going right for somebody else and focus on it. So the art of dissatisfaction has become a science. There's a university called the University of Dissatisfaction, which seems to be called work for many people, looking at what isn't. Now, the more books we read. There's books called self-help books. There's books called spirituality books. There's books called biographies that tell us how good it can be, how great it can be. The more we look at what we are and improve our dissatisfaction index and go, shit, I'm not that. I should be this and I shouldn't be that. The more we train in sport, the more we look at what we could do. Now, not too many of you listening to this podcast are going to Olympic Games. So the degree of dissatisfaction with your sport training can only be a myth, a logical invention of your own subconscious wish to be a hero with a 10 out of 10 body for the purpose of being dissatisfied with the one you've got. So again, the art of dissatisfaction has risen to take prominence within the sporting world. I'm dissatisfied. Uh, Yoga, Uh, the one we used to teach, Ashtanga Yoga, has six sequence, six series of poses. When you get series one finished, there's series two. So halfway through series one, you're not going, I'm satisfied. You're going, I'm dissatisfied. I want to do the rest of series one, but as soon as I hit that, I'm going to ask the teacher if I can do series two, because I'm eternally and gratefully dissatisfied. The out of dissatisfaction spreads itself even further. So when we get in a relationship, we look at who we're with and we go, how could they be better? Man, they annoy me. I am therefore eternally and ungratefully and gratefully dissatisfied. I get my job and instead of going to work and going, look at that, I'm being paid for shit. 
I'm being paid to do this job that I can do with my hand tied behind my back. I'm being paid to do something. And with that money, I can buy holidays, I can buy new shoes, I can buy a tennis racket, I can buy, golly, dinner. No, we don't do that. We go, I'm dissatisfied. I'm dissatisfied with the work conditions. I'm dissatisfied with my boss. I'm dissatisfied with my environment. I'm dissatisfied. And so we develop even further a level of dissatisfaction. And how good is that? We are in the realm of the universe of dissatisfaction. And we're so proud of ourselves when we tell somebody about it. It's amazing. So if you get on the phone and you go to somebody, hello, friend, brother, sister, auntie, uncle, mother, father, I am totally satisfied. They'll go, oh, that's nice for you. And I'll fall asleep. But if you go, oh, I'm dissatisfied, especially if you use the tone, if you use special tone in your voice, which is, <laughs> or, 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 if you, any tone like that creates theatre. And that theatre is the theatre of eternal dissatisfaction. Because that makes you interesting to yourself and to others. It makes you fascinating. It makes you look like you really are putting in 100%. Because being dissatisfied makes it look like you're working hard, trying hard. But it's not. So the art of dissatisfaction, do you remember the Seinfeld episode when George has nothing to do? And Jerry Seinfeld asks him, how, how do you deal with that? How don't, why don't you get fired? And he goes, I just look dissatisfied. And he goes, and he said, he learns the art of tutting. He's, he's probably the founder of the Dissatisfaction Society. Or no, he's not the founder. He just is just another member, but he became president for a while. The Dissatisfaction Society looks and searches for anything to complain about, about somebody else, about the kids, about the beach, you know, the government, the government, about their own body, about their eating habits, they're dissatisfied. And they are masters at it. They are really, really good at it. And with that dissatisfaction comes fascination by others. Wow, you see Chris the other day, oh, he's doing so well. Why do you know? Because he's, he knows what he's dissatisfied about. And he's telling us all. And the things that he's dissatisfied about are really important things to be dissatisfied about. And Chris will say, oh man, look at me. I'm dissatisfied. People do this and people do that. And we teach it to our kids. Mummy, 
I'm dissatisfied. Oh, darling, how do we help you? Wow. The art of dissatisfaction is an amazing thing. But the interesting thing is all the energy that could go into love, could go into joy, could go into experiencing health and the very best of life gets expended being dissatisfied. And the interesting thing about this is there's a pleasure in it. There's a pleasure in talking about what's dissatisfaction. People wouldn't do it if there was no pleasure. Nobody does anything on earth that hasn't got a pleasure. So the more depressed they are, it's because that gets them what they want. The more frustrated they are, the more annoying they are. It's getting them what they want. And you will sit there and go, shit, what could somebody achieve pleasureful out of being a whingy, moany, groany, grumpy, screaming parent? Well, good question. And the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. So that question, what would people, what pleasure could people get out of being dissatisfied, out of being a moany, groany, grizzly, whingy, nasty, moaning, angry parent? That's a good question. Or a moany, groany, whingy employee. And one of the things that it does, it replaces doing. Instead of doing something, we complain about the thing and it makes it feel, makes us feel productive. And that's an interesting thing, that if we complain about the kids, we feel like, we get this feeling that it's changing something, fixing something, loving them, improving them. But it's not. Anyway, I'm hoping by listening to this that you get, you can go online and look up www.iwannabeawinger.com or www.jointhemoanygroanysociety.com and you can get a membership and a daily newsletter from people which is called social media and self-help so that you can become even uh, an executive of the moany, groany, whingy, bitchy society and enjoy complaining about things and giving yourself the pleasure of thinking you've changed something by complaining about it or being ungrateful for it or being dissatisfied. The so I'm dissatisfied eternally.com or not. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day.